Hello world, my name is Harmony and I am a medical cannabis patient here to educate you on medical cannabis. This is episode one and I would first like to answer some questions like, who am I? How did I become a cannabis patient? What even qualifies me to say that I'm a patient? And yes, even though California just passed a law for recreational, I still see myself as a patient. So let me introduce myself from far, far away. (laughs) I know for a lot of people, cannabis is a scary and taboo topic. I grew up in Texas and people from both sides of the family were drug addicts. From popping pills to alcohol abuse to heroin. My cousin died from an overdose. My cousin from my stepdad part of the family got shot from another dealer and he died. In a lot of cases, I was always against drugs, including cannabis. We had dear videos in health class that claimed that cannabis makes you hallucinate, that it fries your brain, that it kills brain cells. Those videos were very scary and convincing, but I never questioned it. I mean, why would I? I've already seen what drugs could do to people. Why would cannabis be any different? especially since they are categorized on the same level as heroin. And I stayed in that mindset for many years. Nobody told me any different, all the while having Bacterell syndrome. For me personally, after all the surgeries, I now deal with moderately severe scoliosis and arthritis, having two uteruses and four ovaries, and stomach problems such as severe cramping, constipation, risk of deadly infections. Ever since I was seven or eight years old, I was dealing with scoliosis, though nobody knew at the time. Not only would I have back pain or walking long distances, even at that age was a little challenging, but from seven to 12 or 13 years old, my spine would lock up, usually if I was playing on the ground or in a certain position, and all of a sudden I would have immense pain throughout the back of my body and I would be pretty much paralyzed by myself. I couldn't move or get up. My brother would always try to help me or pick me up so I could move again. Luckily I had a brother who was always beside me. When puberty hit is when we started noticing changes that weren't supposed to be happening. I was getting pain inside there as well as extreme pain in the abdomen, in the abdomen. Gynecologist exams hurt a lot, and as I got older, I discovered so do different types of sex. Periods were messy and very, very painful. In my first few years of puberty, no matter how many times I would try to go to the bathroom, the blood was soaked through my clothes. I began showing a hump on the right side of my back that was progressing, and that was what caught the attention that I might have some kind of back problem. Come to find out, I have moderately severe scoliosis, but I was only a couple inches short in order for them to do anything about it. You need to be really bad and at a certain age in order for surgery to be performed, so I'm stuck with it for the rest of my life. I have fused vertebrae, a 45 degree curve, arthritis, and everything else honestly is hard to understand. But even though the lockups are rare now, it still has been a staple of constant pain in my life. 
and it seems to progress as I get older. I have a hard time standing, sitting, walking for long periods of time. When I used to work, they weren't allowed us to sit down, so I would go into the bathroom and cry because of how much pain I was in. And recently, that scoliosis has progressed. My arthritis spread to my knees and ankles. My back pain was more severe and more frequent. I had limited movements where I couldn't stretch my legs all the way or I couldn't turn my body as well. And since I can't turn my head all the way, turning my body is crucial for looking out for cars on the street or anything else. Doing regular things like staying in a seat for 30 minutes or being able to go somewhere without much pain, jumping out of the car, bending down to tie my shoes or give my cat some food and water have changed from irritable to severe pain and in some cases so stiff that movement was limited. So I changed my diet to vegetarian. I exercised two miles every day. I was taking yoga. I was taking a leave or ibuprofen, anything that I could, and I knew I didn't want any opiates. That's not an option for me. But even with all these changes, they all helped only a little bit and only for a short period of time, like while I was walking or while I was stretching. The over-the-counter medications didn't do anything for me. I never felt a change. I was taking four pills at once and trying to do it every five hours, but my stomach didn't agree with that at all. It would get, I would get very constipated and cramping, and not all of it is practical. I try to stretch in a grocery store and people get weirded out. And I imagine if you do yoga or run around in the middle of your shift, you could be seen as unprofessional and fired. Weirdly, at the same time I was going through this, in my recommendation sections of YouTube and some blog sites were articles about medical cannabis, how it has helped with people who have chronic pain or nausea or seizures, even anxiety and depression. And at first I was like, eh, these are fake doctors, these are just people who are saying it has medical properties as an excuse. But then I looked at the experiments. I watched from a video how drastic it has changed children with autism or epilepsy, or from senior citizens who have used cannabis for 30 years or more, and not just teenagers or people in their 20s, for medical use. At first, I was researching to see what the heck medical cannabis was and if it was legit. And then I kept, I kept researching because I found it interesting. And I was passionate of the potentials of the plant before even trying it. Just the experiments and testimonies alone gave me interest and hope. So first, I tried a CBD strain called Charlotte's Web. CBD is a, is a cannabidiol, and it is a compound of cannabis that is non-psychoactive that reduces pain, inflammation, anxiety, and reduces seizures. It also helps with symptoms of PTSD and autism. I got it in an olive oil tincture and I started the lowest dose you could go. But with my pain, I noticed I was getting a little more dose than recommended on the bottle, which means I was using more in order to sufficiently manage my pain. 
but at the right dose, which was about 21 milligrams of CBD oil, I still had soreness, but I noticed I could walk and stretch and bend down. I didn't have the urge to cry anymore. And I still had pain, and it didn't do anything for my stomach. Then, after I realized I just went through a whole bottle in a week due to me needing to up the dose, I realized I needed something more potent. So I tried vaping CBD, which was one of the higher milligrams you can go. It's 400 milligrams per bottle. But per milliliter, I think it's 20 milligrams. But because it's so high, I don't need near as much. I just take a couple puffs and I'm done. Still the same final result of the web, but that's fine for me for most of the day. Depending on the day. For children, you can get the same tincture in a higher dose, but for me, the vape was cheaper and it's more immediate. And then I moved on to flour, meaning the cannabis with THC in it. I vape it and microdose it. Which means when the vape is done, I am done. Or when I can actively feel the effects alleviate before the session is fully over. The good thing about vapes is you can stop at any time and go back to it in the same day if you need to. And with microdosing, you do feel high, but it's not substantial unless the strain is potent. So you can still fully function. I have discovered dosing is the most important aspect. It can be a little bit difficult if you have to dose yourself instead of following guidelines on a sticker like we're used to. But the flower is what took away all of my pain. The flower is what gave me an appetite in the morning when usually I never eat breakfast because the thought of food in the morning makes my stomach turn. Flower is what alleviated my stomach pain. My stomach pain, something that only morphine in the hospital has ever done. And morphine creates constipation, ironically. Cannabis doesn't cause constipation. That's the thing with my Vokterel syndrome. A lot of these medications create constipation for me, which can be dangerous in my circumstance. And I still do work, I still clean, I still talk. In some strands, cannabis has helped me do those things. California Orange creates motivation in me and makes me do things I had previously procrastinated on. Cherry AK-47 helps me focus on studies instead of reading and thinking and reading and thinking which sober I have a real problem with. I have, a tr I have trouble focusing. Some strains of cannabis can help me get locked in and finish faster. CBD and sativas help me get over social anxiety and it makes it easier to talk to strangers. It helps me smile and say what's on my mind. Indicas make me quiet and reserved and forgetful and stare into space, which is why I don't prefer indicas unless it's a severe body day. Indicas are great for pain, don't get me wrong, but they have those side effects for me. Thankfully, in the day and age that we live in, there are tons of hybrids where you can get the best of both worlds. Pain relief of an indica, but a clear head and energy of a sativa. You do have that side to be wary of, but from my experience, I would say that 
you do have that side to be wary of, but from my experience, what I say that THC has no medical benefit, that it only gets you high, and then if you're a medical patient to only seek CBD, no. But that's the argument that I, a lot of people spew. CBD helps some pain, anxiety, and can help seizures in people with autism. THC helps a lot of the pain, melts away anxiety, and replaces it with happiness. Gives you appetite and helps stomach pain, which I have tried and CBD does not help stomach pain at all in my case. Would I say that cannabis is a miracle drug and that it's going to cure anything? No. Don't mis be misconstrued. Cannabis is not a cure for anything. It only treats symptoms. How I look at it is I see it as a healthier and working alternative to something like ibuprofen or Aleve. I also see it as a healthier alternative to antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication. And even though it helps with stomach pain, if you need treatments and laxatives, do them. Cannabis helps aid digestion, but is not a substitute for treatments for those of us that our bodies have a hard time having bowel movements. And again, dosage is very, very important. The negative side effects you see from cannabis is from excessive use in childhood through adulthood and from cannabis abuse itself. Now, it's not physically addictive. You won't get withdrawals from cannabis, but just like food, television, porn, anything you do in excess, you can develop mental addictions. And this is in direct link with your dosage. If you take more than necessary, especially in youth, it could potentially change the brain function. If you take more or what is needed as an adult, you may not get a lot done. You may be depressed or comatose, which is why I microdose. I'm telling you guys this because I realized that if I had this medicine as a child, everything would have been so much better. I would have been happier, more active. I wouldn't be ashamed of my body or afraid of doctors and needles. I would be able to go through treatments without screaming, vomiting, or crying. I probably wouldn't have locked up spine as a child, or at least the, or at least potentially, I would have them less often. Even just a couple years ago when I was in the hospital, I could have used cannabis as a pain reliever instead of morphine, and I would have been able to eat in the first day instead of getting held in the hospital for three extra days because I had a hard time eating. And I don't know if I would recommend THC for children, not the higher THC levels, but there are strains that you can find that have a ratio of CBD and THC where THC is very low, but it could still be helpful. I know this all depends on the parent and the availability of cannabis around you. I just want to get this out there to bring information out and let people and parents know that this is an option. We can relieve our suffering and our children's suffering. I think that we should. I think CBD for children is the way to go. For children who, are, who have more severe symptoms, I think CBD with just a little bit of THC, like 3%, is good for children. For children. That amount shouldn't leave any negative side effects. Also, CBD dampens THC, which means you won't get as high or any high. 
in my case sometimes i overestimate the dosage and get stoned or in one case paranoid i take a couple puffs of cbd and i was sober in five minutes so if you do take too much you don't have to wait it out just like you just have to take some cbd and it will reverse the high effects there are also edible companies called Terra and Kiva. These edible companies sell cannabis edibles in a microdose as well. This way you don't have to guess how much is in each bite or square. It tells you on the label exactly how much you are getting in each bite or square. This usually depends between 3 to 5 milligrams per piece of candy or mint. This is also something I would advise adults and some children to try. Children, I would stick to the 3 milligram THC mints, and adults, I would say the 5 milligram candy. But cannabis affects everyone differently, and it is not for everyone. Like with any medications, sometimes you have to experiment what's right for you or your child. But I think to let people know that this is an option to treat Vogdorel syndrome sy symptoms or any syndrome is important if you or your child is suffering from pain, nausea, or lack of appetite. Thank you guys for listening. I know this is a long one. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm still new at this. If you have any suggestions, please call in. If you have comments, please call in. Um... Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you very much. Bye.